This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I am very excited. And I say this every single time. It's actually annoying me so much, but I really, truly mean it. I'm very genuine about it. I have Sherry Lukes, who is a phenomenal educator, professional speaker, all around ball of energy in our, in our profession. And I'm so excited to have her on the show and for her to share her incredible journey with all of our listeners. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Jasmine. I'm so excited to be on. I know. So thank you for having me. We, so listeners, we had, I like to have full transparency. We had a little bit of trouble getting on today. And <laughs> I'm telling you, Sherry was very patient and she worked uh, without, I didn't hear not one bit of stress in her voice. <laughs> she handled it like a true rock star that she is. And so I'm just you're, so happy to get on You're the rock star helping me figure it out. So. <laughs> All right. So for listeners, if you're not familiar with Sherry, um, we're going to just share what kind of journey she has. And especially for those hygienists who are interested in becoming educators, whether professionally or in academia, Sherry has had a, an amazing career. Um, and I can't even... I can't even say everything. It's such a, I mean, we'll do our best to cover what we can. And if we can't cover everything, we'll definitely have you back on the show. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. Thank you. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so where are you based? I am in Southern Illinois. Very um, cool. When I tell people I'm in Illinois, they instantly think of Chicago. And I am actually six hours south of Chicago. So I'm just south of Carbondale, SIU, Southern Illinois University, where I taught for 25 years. So I'm just south of there. So the very southern tip. I still can't believe that. I still can't believe it. I've, when I've heard, when you've explained it before and what it is like for you to be able to travel. You have to mm -hmm. travel a couple hours to get to the airport to even get to the speaking gigs that you that yep. you attend, and it's incredible what you yeah. have to go through. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, it's quite a trek when I have to travel. Yeah, and like for me, it's only like a thirty minute drive, and I'm complaining like, oh, oh, oh I'm so <laughs> envious of that. <laughs> I have to take a little puddle jumper from locally here up to St. Louis. St. Louis is a, uh, is the nearest major airport for me. Mm -hmm. And then not being a hub it, anymore, it's difficult even to get a direct flight, you know, to wow. wherever I'm going to from St. Louis. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's Wow. Well, yeah. thank you for making all of the efforts that you do that you do put in to actually get your message out there. So let's start first, though, like with when you first began your career and like what kind of led you into choosing education as the way that you were going to handle your role in dental hygiene? Yeah, I was in private practice for the first five years of my career. And though I loved it, I loved my patients and um, I loved I love, you know, the profession. I uh, I wanted to expand. I wanted to, to expand my horizons. So I began teaching part time at a local community college in a dental assisting program. And then at the same time, I was finishing my baccalaureate degree. And then I um, 
then was uh, able then to be hired at SIU. And from there, it's kind of all history. I started out as a uh, clinical instructor Mm -hmm. and then slowly finished my master's degree and then eventually became full-time tenure track faculty where I had to, you know, do research and um, teach as well and um, were, and then was, you know, uh, completed all of that and was promoted to associate professor before I retired in 2014. So, And you are professor emer- emeritus, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. The big yep. dog, basically. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> You're being so humble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're the big dog. <laughs> no, that's funny. wonderful. That's wonderful. That's really, really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, f- tenure track is a big deal. Tell the listeners exactly what that is, because um, for most who are not familiar with education, that is like a, I guess that's the the top level that you really want to grow to when you are in academia. Well, depending on where you at, where you're, where, where you're at now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the university level, uh, when you're tenured faculty, then yes, you, part of your assignment is teaching, of course, and then part of your assignment is research and service. And so, uh, I was at a research institution, so they, um, concentrated heavily upon the research. So, um, I had to, you know, choose an area that I wanted to research, present, and publish in, in order to achieve associate professor. Um, so yeah, it can, it can be tough. The whole publisher parish, uh, realm, um, <laughs> can be tough. And, but, you know, I, um, I chose an area I was passionate about, so that made the research uh, much more enjoyable. And, you, you know, l- looking back, I also see how it made me a better teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I submitted a manuscript one time where I had done some work among migrant seasonal farm workers, and I used the DMFT mm-hmm. and looking at existing charting because that population is hard to nail down. So I couldn't do in-mouth surveys, and so I had to um, I had to justify why I had done the research the way that I had. So I knew everything about the DMFD. Mm. Uh, so I, and then I taught public health. So I see how, you know, that made me a better teacher. So. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to give like real life experiences with that research aspect. I think that's wonderful. One of the courses that I've taught uh, for four years and well, actually now it's, this is the fifth year going on public health. I absolutely love public health because oh, me too. it's like the students forget that it's more than just clinical hygiene once they graduate. And I feel that if they remember the impact that public health makes on our entire profession, they can definitely find that career satisfaction they're looking for. Cause there's so many that, you know, after a few years, they're, they're not happy. They're not happy at all. Right. And private practice dental hygiene and public health dental hygiene function very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's very different in the public health setting. Even if you're doing clinical hygiene hygiene yeah. in the public health setting, uh, it's, you know, it's very different from private practice. Yeah. Um, 
So if if um, hygienists have never worked in the public health setting, uh, it it can be an eye opening experience for them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, for a hygienist that's looking to do more, that's looking into getting an edu- education, one of the first questions I always ask is, like, how do I, how do, what's the first step? Like, how do I get to getting involved in education? Like, where, where would you yeah. tell them to go next? Well, you know, the first thing, of course, is to make sure that you have a baccalaureate degree, a four year degree, uh, very few. You know, very few institutions, even community colleges, will hire. Um, instructors even to work clinically without the four-year degree. So that that is the first thing, you know, complete a bachelor's degree, and then um, and then just you know uh, contact your local community college or if you're near a university and um, you know inquire about what their qualifications are for. Um, for teaching in the in the institution, most where I was at, most of our new faculty started out at the clinical level, and that's where 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 they're best because they are coming out of clinical, going into the educational setting. So, mm-hmm. um, so they're very valuable to work in the clinic, and um, so that's usually where we would start people out, and then as they advance, then move them into teaching courses, and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it kind of works that way. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, like I said, it's different if you're uh, at the community college level than at you know the university level, sometimes they function very differently. At the community college level, there isn't um, emphasis on research. And so um, the teaching is a primary aspect and they have to usually teach more course hours than than at the university setting. And (laughs) and you know how much time that takes to develop the courses. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, when I was teaching for four years um, full time, Um, I'm telling you, there there wasn't enough time to breathe. No, no. Hours and hours and hours you, you spend. And typically what they give you for your prep time is just not not adequate. It takes more time than what you're allowed to prep for your courses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so uh, that's one of the reasons why I couldn't really fulfill getting my master's degree. I couldn't handle the load. I couldn't even handle one course a semester. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, I just remember just being so overwhelmed with that. Um, and so now I'm able to be in grad school full time, but I'm teaching part time. Um, so okay. I definitely agree that it is it is uh, quite a bit of a load. But for me, my particular story for getting into um education, which I agree with you, is reach out because I had applied for a job several times and they I was told from the HR I didn't qualify. So my next step was to actually email the the director and tell them because at that well, at that time, that's all I had was a baccalaureate degree. I emailed her and I said, you know, hey, I have an interest. Is there any way I can volunteer and see what it's like in the clinic and what have you? And so she said, well, why don't you apply for this position? But I had already applied. I had already applied. And so I applied again. And then I was um, given the opportunity to interview. So and then I got the position. So sometimes you have to reach oh, wow. out. Yeah, yeah, you have to reach out and you have and sometimes um 
you got to get a little bit out of your comfort zone to really let people know, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that kind of goes with don't always just take one person's word for anything. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Uh, sometimes, though, especially if you're reaching out through HR, they may not know all the little specifics with the different programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that I think that was very wise on your part mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go beyond just the HR division at the college or the university mm-hmm. and to reach out further than that. Yeah. Got Great that. job. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, I want to let's get a little in the nitty gritty with education, though, because I feel that um, f- particularly when you're a student, you don't realize how much work educators have to do and how oh challenging goodness. it yeah. is. Yeah. So there's a lot of challenges about being an educator and there's a lot of rewards. So what would you yes. say are is the most challenging aspect of being an educator in dental hygiene? Well, I, uh, f- for me, it was juggling everything, juggling, you know, the teaching, the research service. You know, we're very service oriented as hygienists. So, um, you know, I had to cut back on some of my service because it took so much time that then I wasn't able to give as much as I needed to to my teaching and research areas. Um, I. And so I found it difficult to juggle all of that. Sometimes I would say, if they just let me teach, I could be one heck of a teacher. But I have this research component I have to do. I have to do service. And so I found it difficult balancing all of it and putting Mm. the necessary amount of work I needed to in every area. Because because like, you know, like you say, there just didn't seem to be enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they, some of my colleagues would walk by my office at you know five o'clock and say, "Take that ball and chain off and go home. It's time <laughs> to go home." <laughs> but when you're committed to the job, you want to do the best, you know, the best you can. And so it, I always felt like it took more hours than what I had in the day yes. to get it all done. Yes. Okay, so what was the most rewarding thing about being an educator? Oh, my goodness. Watching those students, especially Mm -hmm. the ones who struggle, and then watching them walk across the stage at graduation. That Mm. is just the best feeling. Yeah. Um, You know, I have a couple of students who, you know, I taught general and oral pathology and oftentimes that was kind of the measuring stick as to, okay, if someone's not going to make it through the program, that course was one that, you know, they would perhaps um, not be not be successful in. Mm -hmm. And so um, so over the years, I did have several students that had to repeat that course. And when they had to repeat it, it really messed up their life because they were Mm -hmm. out of the program for a year until they took that course. They couldn't continue until they retook that course. And so in every instance, though, I can honestly say it was a positive thing. And uh, one student in particular that I see now at meetings, she had to repeat my course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, you know, they're mad when it happens, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but she came back, she repeated the course. I knew she was smart. She just had too much in her life at that time to get Mm -hmm. it all done. And so she came back, she finished it. And she even went on the mission trip with me. And, and when she graduated, she came in and said, Mrs. Lukes, you know, if I hadn't had to repeat that course, I wouldn't have got on the mission trip. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. And so it, 
it was a very positive thing in the end for her. And now she has completed an, uh, a master's degree. She's been president of her component. She's, I mean, it's, she's such a success story. Yeah. And so that, that is what is so rewarding for me. And when I see them at midwinter meeting and they say, you were so hard on us, but I'm so glad now and things like that. That's the most rewarding thing about teaching. Yeah, I have to agree. And it, it feels, it overwhelms you with a, a feeling of, um, I guess, pride also. And yes. I've, I've cried tears. This last, uh, this last ceremony that they had, a graduation pinning ceremony, we had mm-hmm. such a moving, moving speech by one of our um, faculty members, our faculty dentist, Dr. Merlena Bryant. And she went over the accomplishments of the entire faculty. And then she talked about the students and I'm telling you, there was there was so many people shedding tears because of yeah. seeing some of the resiliency of the students and the challenges that they dealt with and the fact that they successfully finished the program with such yeah. a level of excellence and professionalism that it just makes your heart glad to see them doing oh, well. well. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would have to agree. Yeah. That's a big thing. That's definitely yeah. a big thing. Absolutely. Yes, sure. So, okay. So you, you were in education for 25 years and mm-hmm. you, you stayed in there faithfully. You worked your way up the ladder, but now you're speaking professionally. So what kind of mm-hmm. led you into to that role? Because I've seen a lot lately, especially on, on Facebook. I don't know if you see that also, that a lot of hygienists are interested in in the speaking world. Yes, I think they are. And uh, I think that's great. Um, It has been, I am so humbled and so thankful for my years and, you know, academia, because it has really opened a lot of doors for me in in the speaking realm now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I started speaking about the last five years that I was in academia, developing courses. And, um, you know, I speak on the areas that I taught. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. you know 25 years and that though that's where you know my passion lies and so um and so it's been a very nice transition it's been a great second career i um you know i have my pension from siu mm-hmm. uh, being there for 25 years but it's a nice supplement to mm-hmm. my income and then uh and it allows me to go out and speak about you know what i'm passionate about and uh yeah and it's fun i i am enjoying it so much um so yeah. yeah, I uh and and you know again uh getting out there can be difficult. You know, you have to establish your you know your credibility first of all that yes. they, that you know what you're talking about. And so that's where I'm so thankful for my years, you know, in education and um because it it that definitely helped me establish, you know, my credibility um, you know, pretty quickly where mm-hmm. I know uh, other speakers, you know, it, it can take a while mm-hmm. um, to, you know, to become established as a credible speaker. Um, mm. So, you know, as, as an evidence-based speaker who truly knows what, you know, what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, it is, um, it is a whole nother ball game with speaking. Sure is. And yep. it is not as easy as people think it is, you no, need grit. <laughs> yes, and it is a lot of work. It is. The amount of yes. hours that um, yes. I just recently spoke this last weekend um, at the Pennsylvania Dental Hygiene Association. Oh, good for you. And it was hours. Oh, absolutely. 
Yes. And that's I only spoke for three, but I'm telling you, it was it was so many hours of researching, hours, finding the latest information, making yep. sure you compile it that so that it makes sense. Yes. To the and, group. you know, just because, you know, when I first started speaking, just because I had stood in front of students for 25 years and spoken doesn't necessarily make you a great speaker. Mm hmm. You know, and so I've been to some, you know, courses on how how to develop yourself as, you know, as a speaker. And of course, I certainly haven't arrived. I um, I continue to learn and refine my courses every time I look very closely at the evaluations. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's where you have to have some thick skin, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> you never lied about that. <laughs> But I truly appreciate those evaluations because that's how you get better. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I look very closely at them. Uh, I talk to other speakers all the time, pick their brains and, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, look at other speakers. And but uh, one thing, though, that I figure out, out, Jasmine, and I'm sure you have, too, is that, you know, I'm Sherry Lukes. I'm not, you know, I'm not Patty DeGangi. I'm mm -hmm. not Jasmine Haley. I'm not Tracy Butler. I'm Sherry Lukes. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you have to develop your own style and, Absolutely. you know, area of interest. And um, and so and I be confident I, in that and be yes, OK. And not, Yes, with not who you try are. to be someone else, Absolutely. but be comfortable in your own skin yep. and, you know, just do my best to develop a good evidence-based program. Sure, you have to entertain a bit. You have, you know, there's, you know, several, um, I've learned several, um, I've, you know, developed tips and tricks from other speakers mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, on how to make it yet entertaining, but, but for, and, and to know who your audience is too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I always ask for each venue. So who am I going to be speaking to? Is this primarily hygienists? Is it, is it more dentists? Is it the whole dental team? Um, because I think that's really important too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. I was saying um, to someone else that I was a little nervous going to Pennsylvania Dental Hygiene Association. Um, it's a different demographic and mm -hmm. it's a different state. Yes. And uh -huh. um, it was great because the at the end of the day, we're all dental hygienists. We, you have to find what connects you to that group. We all have yeah. something that connects each one of us, despite our different backgrounds where we may have grown up and we were able to Absolutely. laugh and have engaging conversation. And that's one of the things I appreciate about, you know, doing this podcast is the more people I interview and the more people I have a chance to connect with, the more I see such a strong connection between all of us. Um, it's just a matter of looking yeah. in and peering in and seeing what what's common between each of us. So. Yes. And I love meeting hygienists from different areas of the country and mm -hmm. hearing about, you know, their, um, you know, their struggles and successes and, and, um, what's going on in their state. And yeah, I love that. I think mm -hmm. that's so fun. Absolutely. All right. So you mentioned, you did mention taking, uh, professional development classes or speaker development classes. What would you say mm -hmm. are your favorite ones to attend? 
Well, I really haven't attended that many yet, but mm-hmm. I um, I have attended Shirley Gutkowski. Mm-hmm. She does a uh, speakers camp, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the primary one I've attended. Other than uh, sitting with. Uh, reputable speakers that I have a great deal of respect for and picking their, you know, their brains, watching very closely when they speak, because I go to a lot of continuing education myself. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. also been to Career Fusion uh, Mm -hmm. several times, and um, they typically include uh, little workshops on becoming a speaker. And so um, I would encourage anyone who has an interest in uh, going forward, whether it's speaking, corporate, or whatever, to attend Career Fusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I attended uh, right after I retired from academia, and it was definitely worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because the contacts I made there, and, and you know, Jasmine, about how important networking is. Mm-hmm. It's all about networking mm-hmm. um, in our field. And so I... Um, so those were the two that have been the most beneficial for me as far as growing as a speaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so listeners, Career Fusion for 2018 happens every January. Um, and I was in attendance for the first time this year. It was wonderful. Um, and Sherry was there also. And for 2018 is January 19th through the 23rd. And I, I recommend it as well. I think that I learned a lot about myself there. I, I received, everybody gets something different. Um, yes. whether yes. that's, you know, connecting with movers and shakers in the, in our profession, um, for me, it was more personal development, finding out, you know, my why and getting that confidence I needed to take myself to the next level. That's what I was there for. Um, yes. And I didn't know and what see, I was there for until right. after and attending see, it. Yeah. And see, for me, it was connecting with the people that I needed to connect with to advance my speaking career after I retired from, you know, academia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's different for different people. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely worth it for, uh, uh, for me. And I, and, and you said the movers and shakers. Wow. That is what I've really, really, um, noticed is that, you know, the folks that tend to, um, or that attend career fusion definitely are some of the movers and shakers in the profession. And, mm-hmm. um, and I have a great deal of respect for, uh, for all of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a great time for you to really connect and build relationships. You cannot build relationships to this degree, just attending RDH on one roof or ADHA annual conference. You need to right. step outside of those conferences and mm-hmm. go to mm-hmm. speaker development, you know, um, Courses like Shirley's or yeah. Career mm-hmm. Fusion. There's Speaking Consulting Network. There's Morado Allied Speakers and Consultants. Oh, yes. I w- yeah, all I, of them I are different ones. To, yeah, I, I want to go to the one that Lois Banta uh, oh, is yes. involved with. I want to. Yeah, I I want to go to all of those eventually. Yes. Um, to grow even more so. I know Patty DeGangi, whom I have a great deal of respect for in how she has advanced as a speaker. I knew mm-hmm. Patty way back. And um, I I'm love so her, by the way. I've I, seen her. I, I, I've yes. heard her speak. She does not play. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, let me sit up straight. <laughs> and, yeah. 
and and she's been so helpful to me as yes. a speaker and of course she's from my state but uh i'm just so proud of her the way i have watched her advance and she's she's made it big in the speaking in, yeah. industry and you know she's one of us yeah. you know and i'm just i you know i love it when i see that among my professional colleagues and how they you know advance and i'm just really proud of them yeah oh sherry all right i have two more questions for you you are so wonderful okay. by the way and i just want to say sherry has been open arms since the very beginning that I've met her. I think the first time we've had any correspondence was having you as a speaker, I believe. Oh, I um, think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the Maryland Dental Hygiene Association. And oh, that was so fun. I, I have to honestly, you know, say, not that I'm not being honest, but just you are one of the most genuine people um, that y- that is not easy to find in our industry. And so Aww. it's been, you, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great knowing you and watching you with others and how welcoming you are with other up and coming speakers and just being a great mentor to others is I appreciate you. All right. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Best career advice. Wow. Best career advice, follow your passion. You know, uh, if you have a passion for private practice for your patients, follow that and develop that. You know, if if uh, you become tired uh, in the op, um, seek seek other opportunities. There are so many other opportunities out there. However, in dentistry, sometimes they can be a bit obscure. Mm. So uh, I would just encourage anyone to follow your passion and to continue learning. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you you have to. We'll we'll never know it all in dentistry. Absolutely, it's such a vast field, and so we have to continue to um, advance ourselves. You know, um, develop um, that knowledge base. Um, that's something that you never you know, complete. There's always more to learn. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and watching the, prof- staying abreast of how the profession is moving, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the whole dental profession is, uh, changing. Mm-hmm. So it's it is totally different now than when I graduated from dental hygiene school back in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. So that 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 would be my advice. You know, dental hygienists are all very intelligent or, they, you know, you wouldn't be in this field. So mm-hmm. I feel like we have so much to give. And um, so if you're passionate about an area, move toward that area and um, and don't, you know, don't apologize. No one area is any greater than the other. It's all important. And mm-hmm. so, you know, wherever you fit, follow that path. I love it. All right. Here's my last question. Okay. What was the last thing you read? Oh, my goodness. So funny you asked that because <laughs> the last thing I read was Mary Otto's book, Teeth. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So is good. that an awesome book or yeah, what? Yeah. I absolutely I'm, love that book. Listen, I am not a history buff. I was like, oh gosh, here we go. And I <laughs> 18, da, 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 and I was like, but I'm telling you, it was fascinating. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> so compelling. Yeah. That as well as I just that fit in. Uh, well, I'm reading for the second time. The spirit catches you and you fall down. A very compelling book because one of my areas of interest is cultural competency from, well, you know that mm -hmm. uh, from, because um, I know it's one of your areas as well, from when I taught a course in cultural competence at you know the university or our uh, cultural uh, dental hygiene course. Mm -hmm. And um, so several people had told me, you really need to read the book, The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. And mm -hmm. it's an amazing book about a Hmong family and their trials once they came to this country in getting good health care uh, for their epileptic child and mm. the differences, yeah, the cultural barriers that were faced by both parties. Wow. Um, yeah, really interesting. Book. Now, I just read, I just um, talked to this amazing faculty from Arizona. Her name is De uh, Debbie Alexa. And she is in Arizona. She actually has her curriculum built around mindfulness. Ooh. Uh, phenomenal dental hygiene program. She's the director there. But anywho, she mentioned a book that actually made her just stop in her tracks when it comes to cultural sensitivity. It's called Waking Up White. Ooh, I need that then. And yeah. she said when all she could say was, ouch. You know, after yes. reading the experiences of, and talking, you know, reading some of the things that have happened with people um, over time and it just yeah. makes you view things differently. So that's a book that I actually want to read. Yeah, um, me too. Thank you for that. Because I would love to hear, you know, just different experiences because collectively we're all humans at the same time, but right. we are all very different. And I think those yeah. differences is what makes us beautiful. So yes, embracing those, uh, those differences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I can't thank you enough um, for being oh, on the show, you, Sherry. Yes, How can people contact you if they're interested in talking more with you? Oh, they can contact me uh, via email is probably the best. I'm working on a website right now, but email smlukes at siu.edu. I maintained my SIU email address and um, or uh, certainly, um, you know, they can call my, um, or I always get nervous about putting phone numbers on on the podcast, although some people have shared. Oh, and you know, yeah, if they email yeah, you, I'm I sure you give them your number. Just email, for, yeah, you know, for sure. Of course, you know, I'm on Facebook, so um, they can. I yeah, several people have messaged me on Facebook, uh, yeah. but uh, email is probably the best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds awesome. And then once your website is up, I'll add that into the show notes too. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, Sherry. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't thank you enough. I really can't. Well, thank you, Jasmine. I have so much respect for you, and I'm so proud of the way I have watched you. You are a mover and shaker in the industry, and we need more like you. Oh, thank you, Sherry. 